morning, church. Good morning, good morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Come on. <laughs> hey, Jesus gets excited. I can get excited, right? All right, before I forget, silence your phones, please. A little reminder. Awesome. Well, you guys, Thanksgiving is coming out this week. Yes! Which, my top food is definitely stuffing. <laughs> okay, which, and now here's another question. Who calls it stuffing and who calls it dressing? Stuffing? Okay. Dressing? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is like, yeah, I just eat it. <laughs> awesome. Well, all right, thinking about Thanksgiving and gratitude, you know, uh, right, oftentimes you are thankful or grateful for either things that have already happened or what's going on right now. Those are the things that you get to thank the Lord for, right? And... I was just thinking about we, okay, and actually I'm going to read it because it got me so excited. So, <laughs> First Peter, and I'm reading in chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Amen. So how cool is it that we, in Christ, we get to even be thankful th for the things that are ahead, right? How cool is that? I mean, right, if you think about it, right, without Christ, right, hope for people is like this, right? I hope, I hope, where we have this assurance, this sure thing, right, that you get to hope with excitement about what God has in store, Right? That's just so good. So let us this morning not only be thankful, uh, which, you know, for things that have happened and are happening now in our lives, but the things that are coming. And somebody just recently, they had challenged me to have like a, to daily say three things that I'm thankful for. And I think that just really kind of, it, it reminds you of what you are thankful for because that doesn't always just pop into your head when you're going through some stuff. Um, but yeah, God is good. God's good. Okay, church, stand with me, all right? We're going to, with thanksgiving, worship our Lord who's good and who is our living hope. Amen. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your goodness, Father. I thank you for your plans and purposes, for your ways, Father, which are higher than ours, Father. I thank you, Lord, that in all things, Father, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. good we have the name of the Lord. Amen. It's good that he gave us his name. Jesus. Jesus. That's a great name. It's a powerful name. 
as they were singing that song, I, I just, I don't know, my, my, it could be the Holy Spirit. I think it probably, it probably is. We'll just go with them. But I just, I, I just was thinking about the name of Jesus. Well, that, in the Old Testament, when it would prophesy about him, about him, it wasn't Jesus, it was Yeshua. Yeshua. And we've been talking about good news. And the good news is that God made a way where there was no way. And he sent Yeshua, which means, we talked about all last week, it means God's salvation. He was God's salvation. And we're, we're, we're learning what that means deeper because the more we understand who he is and what he did and why he did it, the more we're going to walk and, and we're going to walk like him. And that's important because that's why he came was to give us the ability to live this life supernaturally the way it was intended to be from the beginning that name is everything that name is that important hallelujah well why don't you greet somebody praise the lord turn with me to luke chapter 4 luke chapter 4 we've been there for a few weeks here i believe as far as my part of it goes this will be the last that I talk, it's the last time I'm talking about good news. Yeah, that's it, that's it. We're, it's the last time I'm talking, no. We talk about good news every week, don't we? Amen. But I've been starting out in Luke chapter 4, beginning with this, to this time I'm going to do it from verse 18, because we know where he was and what he was doing. But Luke chapter 4, beginning with verse 18, says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Praise God. Praise God that he came and that he, he proclaimed good news. And he proclaimed good news with his whole life, with everything that he did, everywhere that he went, whatever, every sermon that he preached, he proclaimed good news. Praise the Lord. Praise God for good news. The world's full of bad news, isn't it? I even just, you know, real quick before service, I, you know, the worship team had to be here early. I had to be here early. So I'm sitting in the office, and I thought, you know, I've got to have all my notes ready, got everything ready. What do I do? Oh, how about I check on the news? <laughs> so it's taken me all morning to get my head right, my spirit right. You know, the spirit was right, but, you know, the spirit's going, snap out of it. Snap out of it, head. You know, because the, the head goes, you know, and it's all over the place. Praise God for good news. And then we talked last week about Peter and John before the Sanhedrin. I'm going to read those verses real quick. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, beginning with verse 10. This is Peter speaking before the Sanhedrin. He says, Let it be known to all you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, 
whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. They had healed a man, and the Sadducees, Pharisees were mad about it, so they arrested him, brought him in, wanted to, and they they were chewing him out. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no other, in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That's why that name is so important. That name. I mean, it's not like we decided, we, we had a board meeting, we decided we're going to say that the name of Jesus is really, really important. We didn't do that. God said that. It's the name. It's the, there is no other name under heaven by which men and women and children must be saved. You can't get saved following Buddha. You can't get saved following Muhammad. Sorry, my head. See, you're my head. It's good. Because you can't follow them because they ain't alive anymore. Jesus is alive. It says it right there. God raised him from the dead. They were witnesses that he actually rose from the dead. Muhammad's still dead. Buddha's still dead. Confucius is still dead. Every great philosopher is still dead. Even, Even people we respect that have been great leaders and whatever, they died. We're going to die. Jesus is the one who rose from the dead because death couldn't hold him. That's good news. There is no other name. I mean, it's Jesus. I had somebody tell me one time, they said, well, that's that's awful narrow-minded. Yeah, that's exactly right. Sorry, we're having our own church meeting over here. Little, we're having a Bible study over here right now. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction. Narrow is the gate. Narrow, it's narrow. It is, it just is. You know, I mean, you, you, you know, I, I don't feel like that's the way it should be. <laughs> I don't care. You know, and God doesn't care. He didn't, he didn't ask... He said, this is, the way, this is the way reality is. Reality is not up for a debate. Reality, the, what's really real. Do you want to know what's really real or do you want to make up something stupid? And the world just is going about making up stupid stuff. Good news. Back to the good news. See? Guys, don't don't read the news before you or don't watch the news before you get up and preach on a Sunday morning. So we talked about what is salvation. What is salvation? The uh, BLB, the Blue Letter Bible, interlinear, said that it is deliverance, preservation, safety, salvation. We we went into depth in that last week. I'm not going to go into depth again this time, but we talked about each of those words. Deliverance, preservation, safety, and salvation. And I want to finish up talking about what the rest of that interlinear definition talks about. The next part is deliverance from the molestation of enemies. Deliverance of molestation from enemies. Salvation. Saving somebody out of being attacked. You know that 
you know, if you're walking down the street and somebody else is being attacked by an individual or a group of people, morally, at least I do, morally, I would have to get involved and save that person from being molested. And I don't mean molested, you know, it could, could be molested, but just even beat up, pushed around, harassed, picked on. Morally, you know, and, and God looked down and he saw all of humanity being molested by an enemy and he stepped in. Praise God. Praise God he stepped in. And he saved us from being molested. So, here's the thing is, he has, well, gosh, I'm already ahead of my notes. There's two kinds of salvation. There is future salvation, and people always say that, don't they? They always kind of default to that. Well, when we get to heaven, we'll be saved. Well, and that's true. There, there, that is true. I mean, when we get to heaven, there is going to no longer be any devil. There's no longer going to be any sin. There's no longer going to be any temptation. We're going to be the way it was supposed to be in the garden. And yes, there is a future salvation, but according to the Scripture, according to the writings, according to theologians even hundreds of years ago, salvation is also right now. Right here, right now. The same salvation. It's not a, a junior or a small or a made up, you know, like a shat. You know, it is the same salvation. When he died on the cross, he died once and for all, and he, he gave us the keys to life. To have, you know, the, he gave us the keys of authority, and he said, Live it now. And the disciples went about living it now. If, we, you know, if you're going through the, the daily reading with us, we read through the Bible every year. Uh, we used to read it for through every two years. Now we're, we're stepping it up. Yeah. We're, we're reading it every year, the whole Bible, if you can. Otherwise, we, you know, we can get you the, the two-year. That's cool, too. At least you're reading it. But if you've been reading this last week, the, the, uh, uh, some of the disciples were taken in front of the, the magistrates, and the, the, the charge against them was, the men who have been turning the world upside down has come here also. These bunch of unlearned fishermen and, and scoundrels and whatever were going about the world turning it upside down. Why? Because they had authority. And they could do something about it. They could live it now. They, they st- Jesus showed us that we could live it on this earth. By with the help of the Holy Spirit, by the anointing of God, we can live this life right here, right now. All the benefits, all the promises, all the gifts, they're ours. Remember that song? All the gifts are ours. Do you know that line from that song? Martin Luther. Martin Luther wrote that. What do you, what, when was he around? 16s? 17s? Long time ago. <laughs> the Spirit and the gifts are ours. They knew he knew it back then. I I had to also look up. You know, here's this description of salvation, and you know, it's the way I would describe it here and now. But do you know when the the, the Strong's Concordance was compiled and and published? I wrote it down. (laughs) Because I was like, this this isn't new stuff. 1890. 
When we're talking about salvation and it's talking about having the gifts and the name and the, and the promises and the, and the protection against molestation and, and all of this stuff, it's not just, you know, it's not a new thought. This has been around for a long, long time. But the world keeps trying to tell you, no, no. This isn't for you. It's not, it may be for everybody. It's, it's for Pastor John. It's for me. Amen. Yeah. It's for all of us. He did it for us. Yeah. His, Paul wrote, neither, there's neither man nor woman. There's neither Greek nor, I don't know, I'm, I'm lost completely. It doesn't matter who you are. It's yours. And it's for now. It's for right now. But that was later in the sermon. So we'll come back to that. Deliverance from the molestation of it. He wants to deliver you from those that are trying to molest you and hurt, harm you here on this earth. Who's trying to harm you? And be careful. Don't do anything I would do, okay? Well, it's them. You know, it's, no, the devil's trying to molest. He's messing with you. He's beating you up. He's harming you. He's harming your children. He's harming our country. He's harming, he's just, he's destroying, killing, stealing, destroying. Why? Because he kills and steals and destroys anything that looks like God. And you're made in his image. And when you're made in his image, why? Why? Man, I mean, you just, news again. They are, they are constantly deforming bodies. You ever notice that? It's, it's one of the attacks. Is they're, they're, just, they're trying to destroy the likeness of God. Man, you're made in His image. You look like Him. Yeah, even you. Whoever, whoever was going, well, I know she does. I mean, whoa, you know. But even me, I mean, I'm, we, are, we are made in the likeness of God. We're made in a three-part being, body, mind, and spirit, body, soul, and spirit. And what? And Satan wants to kill you, talk you into believing that you don't measure up. That's molestation. He's come to deliver you from that. And he's right there. He, 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 is, he is more moral than you are. So when he sees you getting beat up, he comes with an answer immediately. He's given you the answer. And you can, you can go, hey, he's on my side. He's on my side. I don't have to put up with this anymore. I'm made in the likeness of God. He loves me. He, he died on the cross for me. We don't have to put up with this stupid stuff. Whatever he's trying to do to kill, steal, and destroy you right now, you need to get an attitude. You go, no, 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 no. That's done. That's done. A couple of days ago, a couple of days ago, I didn't even tell Deb, I woke up with some pains. You know, some pains. You know, and things were hurt, you know, kind of, just, it wasn't pain. And Satan goes, yep, you're going to die. <laughs> I'm driving, I'm driving, and all of a sudden I just, you know, ooh, oh yeah, pains. I don't, well, today's the day. You know, today, well, maybe not today, but tomorrow. It's going to happen. You're going to die. And, I, and for about, about a few seconds, I'm sitting there going, oh, 
well, I should call somebody, you know. And then all of a sudden I was like, no. I was like, yeah, call the funeral home, exactly. Make a reservation, you know. Check it off your list, you know. You don't have to, you know, don't leave it for somebody else to do, you know. I'm, I'm driving all of a sudden, I went, no. In the name of Jesus, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. All those who rise up against me will fall. My body is, is made in the image of God, and, and I have the promises of God that says He is my healer, He is my protector, He is my restorer, He is the one. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually driving down the road saying these very things. And then I start saying my body, my cardiovascular system works perfectly in Jesus' name. My, my blood flows perfectly to every part of my body, every extremity, every goes to my brain, it goes to my, it flows freely, there's nothing blocking it. And I, I'm telling you, I'm saying these things. That's how you, that's how you fight. That's, that's spiritual warfare right there. I wasn't screaming at the devil, I was just making, I was, I was stating this is what's true. This is true. My, my, uh, um, <laughs> my mental capacity is clear. Every, every synapse is firing perfectly. I remember everything. Everything. Even why I walked in the room. Why did I walk in the room? I, 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 my brain works. My, my nervous system is, I mean, I'm saying these things. Why? Because I need to say them because I need to hear them. Because he's already given you these things. I'm just stating, Here's my, here is who I am and this is what I have. And for the next three days, I worked physically doing some construction stuff at home and I haven't felt better. It's because I'm not, this is, we're not playing by those old rules anymore. When he rose from the dead, there's new rules. He brought salvation. That's good news. Whatever you're dealing with physically, if, if Satan's trying to tell you this is the big one, this is the end, I, I don't know how many miles I drove and all of a sudden there was no pain in my body at all. None. What was interesting though, what was interesting is a few hours later somebody texted me and says, hey, I'm experiencing these symptoms. Can you pray for me? And I texted him back and I said, you're prayed for. I'm praying right now. I've been praying for him for two days. I've been texting him. How are you doing? Each day, checking in on him. As of yesterday, he says, much better. Praise God. We, this morning, Linda came over and she said, she goes, she has a word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. The Bible says that, that the, when the Spirit moves as, as he wills, he gives us words of knowledge, words of wisdom, healings, all of these things. She came up and she goes, whenever it works in the service, she goes, I have a word of knowledge. Well, it's going to work in the service right here and right now. Why don't you come up here? Okay. Um, well, this morning I've had this burning in my right upper leg and hip. And I didn't know what that was about. I mean, it doesn't hurt me. It's more like a warmth, like a real hotness on my right hip. So when I got here, then I felt the Lord said, someone in the congregation has that problem and needs prayer. So I believe if, if you 
You want to come up sure. now? Sure, okay, let's take care so of it. If you want to come up now, whoever you are, if you're here, um, then I believe the Lord wants to heal you. Amen. So, Amen. There could be more than one. If there's more than one, come up. Now's the time. Go ahead and just stand right up front right away. And uh, can I have a couple more elders, please? Jim, can you come up? Let's, let's pray for folks. They're going to keep praying. I'm going to keep preaching. How's that sound? It's for today. Is, how does she know that somebody has a problem with their right hip? Well, the only reason she knows is the Holy Spirit says, Hey, I got the answer. Those people have been getting molested by, the, by, the, by a, an enemy. Let's take care of it. Let's pray for them. Let's bless them. That's what Jesus did. He had compassion. He had compassion and he did something about it. Praise God. Father, we thank you for your healing power. We thank you for your anointing that, that destroys the work of the devil. Thank you, Jesus, that by your stripes we are healed. We have been healed. We are healed and will continue to be healed. Tell us time to step over. Tell us time to step over into glory. Thank you for it, Jesus. God, you're so good to us. You're so good. Hallelujah. So it's deliverance from the molestation of enemies. From the molestation of enemies. In an ethical sense, this is still the, the definition, in an ethical sense, that which concludes to the soul's, to the soul's, to the soul's safety or salvation. Salvation is to help us think the way God wants us to think. It protects the way we think. How does Satan attack you? He convinces you that whatever he's attacking you with is, un, is undef, indefensible. He, he tells you that you're all alone. He tells you that you can't do it. He tells you God can't heal you, to provide for you, protect you. He, he, he tells you that, and we go, well, we don't, I don't anymore, we don't anymore. Well, I guess it's so. Our soul, this is where the battlefield is. It's right here in our head. Satan was trying to tell you that, he does, that God doesn't have the authority or the power anymore, and he's a liar. He's a liar. And, he, and, and, the, and salvation is changing the way we think so that we believe what he says, and he is, he's given us everything we need for life and godliness. That's salvation. Understanding the, the, the truth of the word of God. Hallelujah. Oh, and by the way, here's the next part of the definition. It's also talking about messianic salvation, saving you from your sins. You know what's interesting? This whole definition is, is talking about all the promises, all the blessings, all the things, all the provisions, all the, uh, the benefits. And at the end it goes, oh, and by the way, your soul, you know, you're, you're not going to hell. Glory to God. I mean, like we say, you know, I, if, if that's all we had. You know, Pastor Claudia, Pastor Dan and Claudia Dennison, you know, they, they, uh, were the, they were the pastors who started this church. And Pastor Claudia, they both have some great sayings and people quote them all the time. But one of Claudia's, and I just, I mean, I hang on to it. She goes, you know what? She goes, I don't want any more. I don't want any more than what Jesus died for. But I also don't want any less. I'm not taking any less than what he died for. And he died that you may be saved 
Body, soul, and spirit. Hallelujah. Body, soul. He, he came so that you, the captive would be set free. Because in, in this world, you're a captive until you're set free. Remember I talked about the matrix last week? For you matrixites? Who, who here has never seen the matrix? No, you have no idea what I'm talking about. A few, okay. It's okay, it's okay. You don't really have to. You don't have to. But in, in that movie, people are living their lives thinking that's the reality, and the reality is they're not. They're, they're captive. They're held captive, and their brain is being told what to think. Wow, interesting, isn't it? You'll watch that movie completely different again now. But here we are. God comes and says, it's not real. I'll show you reality. And he laid hands on the sick and they were restored. He provided. He fed 5,000 and 4,000 with a couple of loaves of bread and fish. Supernatural. He goes, there's a different way. Just because he wanted to, he walked across the Sea of Galilee on the water. It, he's, it's outside of, we've got to think different. There's nothing impossible. I've got to keep going. I won't get done. Salvation, and here's the last, the last part of the, uh, this thing, and it's where I went to earlier, and I'm sorry I did it out of order, but here we are. Salvation as the present possession of all true Christians. Salvation is a present possession. Salvation, every one of those promises, the, the protection, your protection, your, your, your being saved from a molested, uh, molesting enemy, Be, you're having your body, soul, and spirit healed. Provision, blessing, all of those things are a present, present possession of all true Christians. How many here are all true Christians? Oh, come on. Yeah, you don't want to not raise your hand on this one. It's a confession. <laughs> I'm throwing you a sloth ball here. Just use it. Swing at that dog. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. I see those hands, guys. Good. Thank you. It's, it's our possession. It's ours. And, what, and Satan spends all day, all night, all week, every moment of every day trying to convince you that it isn't real. He is a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. Remember my words. He's a liar. The truth is, God, the God of all the universe, gave you his name, which means salvation. And that name has the power to do everything he said he could do. Today, right now. Yes, in, yes, in heaven. People will be healed in heaven. Actually, they won't need to be healed in heaven. But people can be healed here, right here, right now. Hallelujah. Salvation. Salvation. And then there's also the future salvation, the sum of benefits and blessings which the Christians redeemed from all earthly ills will enjoy after the visible return of Christ from heaven in the consummated and eternal kingdom of God. Bottom line, salvation is rescue or safety physically 
or morally and delivered from the enemy and walking in health. That's what it says. From 1890. Old people. Dead people. They were thinking that back then. How much more should we believe it now? Because we have even more revelation. We have a revelation of grace. We have a revelation of mercy. We have a revelation of power. We have a revelation of the Word. As time moves on, God reveals and reveals more. Why don't we walk in it more and more? Because the Bible also says that in the end, gross darkness, bad news, is going to fill the earth. And it's this, it's, it's this we're, we're, we're put into this fight. We're put into this struggle from the beginning. The moment you say, yes, Lord, I'm in. I, I receive what Jesus did on the cross. All of it. I want everything you did. Did for me. By his stripes, we are healed. The iniquity of us all were laid upon him. All of the, everything he did is ours right here, right now. And then it's time to go tell the good news. It's time to preach the gospel. Whenever I, I know when I say that, I, I say, you know, we need to preach the gospel. Immediately, 90% of the people just turn off because they're not preachers. Yes, you are. Preaching isn't this. I mean, it is this. It's not, it's, not, it's not just me. It's all of us. And it's time, time to share. I mean, what a better time than when somebody's dealing with something and then they, you know, you, they, they share with you at work or whatever, hey, I'm really going through this struggle and I'm, I'm afraid. Going, hey, I have some good news for you. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. Like I said a few weeks ago, a while back, but it fits perfect here. I have a friend that I've been witnessing to for a few years. Still do. I mean, I, this is a guy that I've been, I've been witnessing to on a regular basis. And he was going on and on about how bad the world is. And he goes, I wish there was an answer. <laughs> Open the door, walk right through. There is. I've got good news. I've got an answer, man. His name's Jesus. Oh, oh, no, no, come on. Well, yeah. Talk about a mind that needs to be renewed. Why do, why do we go to church? Why do we go to Bible studies? Why do we go to take classes on Wednesday nights? Because our mind needs to be renewed because the world's constantly telling you that this isn't for you. It's not for today. Oh, that's just, that's old. And Jesus, that's 2,000 years ago. Yeah, he's just as powerful today as he was 2,000. Because he's alive. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Good news. I have nothing else. <laughs> I'm staying. Good news, yeah.
I, I was expecting a dance or something out of you there, Jim. Mark, you want to come up? Come on up, Mark. Let's do the let's do the offering. We've got about forty-five minutes worth of of announcements. That's why I, I needed to be done early today. So. Recently, I read a uh, teach, or I heard a teaching by Miles Monroe on understanding how to give to a king. It's an hour long, so this will be kind of long, but <laughs> I shortened it. I shortened it up, so it's really it, it, it's really good because I don't think we understand much about giving to a king. In the natural, there's protocol on approaching a king and giving to a king. So he says, when you give to a king, you're putting a demand on him to give back to you. Your gift must be one of value, and it must cost you something, and not given from your abundance. King David, when he wanted to sacrifice on the, on the threshing floor when they were bringing the, um, uh, the ark back, thank you, bringing the ark back, he wouldn't take the, the threshing uh, floor as a gift. He said, it has to cost you something to sacrifice and give to God. And also in the, in the New Testament, Jesus observed them giving money and the rich, you know, laid their big amounts in, but then it was the widow that gave all she had. That was more, that was more of a gift than all those put together. So let's look at a couple scriptures to support what he says about the principles of giving to a king. Second Corinthians, it says, and we all know this verse, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows abundantly will reap abundantly. Your gift shows how much you value or worship the king. And worship demands a gift. You don't come to the king empty-handed. That's why we worship him when we first come in here. Proverbs 18 says, a man's gift opens doors for him and brings him before great men. And let's go to Luke 6. It says, Give and it will be given to you. We all know this. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall men give to you. So that's other people besides God. And Jesus said it's more blessed to give than receive because when you give, you're going to receive even more. So if you remember the story about King Solomon when the queen, queen of of Sheba gave so much to him, he gave about seven times that amount back to her. You can't outgive a king. And then the second part he teaches is, it's not just when you give to the king, when you give to his kingdom, you are also rewarded. In Mark 10, it says, the one who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet receives a prophet's reward. The one who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, receives a righteous man's reward. And finally, he says, if you give a cup of water to even a little one, your reward will not be, um, you won't lose your reward. And in Jesus' conversation with the woman at the well, he's asking her for a glass of water so he can give her living water. We have to give the king something to receive something, is this principle that he's saying. When Mary anointed Jesus with the alabaster oil and washed his feet with her tears and dried his feet with her hair, 
this is what he said. He said, he, he said that she would be rewarded by wherever the gospel was, was taught, this story would be told about what she did for the king. And Jesus gave his life for the kingdom. And then he reaped untold brothers and sisters by him giving his life. And then finally, when we give our life, when we die to our sin, for the sake of the kingdom, God gives us two lives back. He gives us our earthly life back to serve him, and then he gives us life with him forever. So when he gives you a king, you put a demand on his possessions. So what gift are we going to bring the king today? So I encourage you to check out Miles Monroe's complete message on this. It's, uh, it's really thorough and good. But let's pray. Father, I ask that you show us how to give to the king of kings. And amen. Why don't we all stand? Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this congregation. Lord, I thank you for freedom and, and protection and salvation. Lord, thank you for the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, we give you all the glory and honor and praise for it. Thank you, Lord, this week, as we go through this week, we'll be thankful for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.